This episode of the Fabulous Learning Nerds is sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTIs, counselor, and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. They are the fabulous learning nerds. Because if you're tired of the old ways of getting it done, you've got the fabulous learning nerds. Scott, Dan, and Abby are making it fun. The best ideas that you've ever heard. So everybody spread the word. They're gonna keep you wheels turning. The fabulous learning nerds. Fabulous learning nerds. Oh yeah! Hey everybody, we're back for another fantastic episode of your fabulous learning nerds. I'm Scott Shooter, your host, and with me once again, you love him, Dan Coonrod. Dan the man. Oh yeah, Mr. Coonrod. What's up, Mr. Scott? How you doing? Well, I'm going to say this. I'm going to officially cancel my Hurricane of the Month subscription, so I've officially canceled that. <laughs> Little PTSD last week, uh, but everybody's fine oh, and healthy. Man. And yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So we're good. How are, how are you been? How you been, sir? Uh, I mean, way way better than that. Uh, <laughs> you, no, of course. What have you been up to? Uh, let's see here. Uh, I mean, I've been pretty busy. I think everybody is busy. I'm just getting back from uh, a, a leadership and diversity conference and summit, which was super fantastic. It was awesome. I got to connect with some amazing people. I got to speak briefly with uh, Matthew Daniels, who is awesome. always awesome to to hear and see. Fantastic. We'll have to have some time scheduled to talk about that because I think learning from that would be really fantastic. So that's groovy. So that's yeah, that's all you've so been. That, that's all you've been, sir. Oh, I know what you're waiting for. I want to. I want to leave the anticipation. That's 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 what I'm thinking. Okay, we won't do it. All oh, right. Also oh, with oh, me today. Oh. <laughs> oh, you couldn't wait. You couldn't <laughs> hold it. Let's not go into Scott's ability to hold anything. Um, let's go right to our other co-host, <laughs> Abby Dawson, everybody. Abby! Hey, Scott. How you doing? <laughs> I'm glad I'm doing better than Fair to Midland. <laughs> That's right, right? It's totally awesome. Like before the show, we were talking. You ran a you ran a five k last week, or was it two weeks ago? Oh no, I mean, I haven't run a five k in a while. But I you well, run a five k every day. Yeah, that's like my normal. That's a normal run. Uh, I ran a six mile race right. Halloween weekend, um, which was a lot of fun. A trail race here in Nashville, and then um, I'm doing like a run streak right now. I run every day from uh, day before. Um, Halloween up until about January 11th or 12th when we leave for a family vacation. I'm going to run every day. And then we're already booking like run tours on our vacation because like we, it's just like what we love and we're registering for some races while we're there. 
Okay, running in Hawaii would be amazing. <laughs> Run tour and put me in the Jeep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just put me in the Jeep and give me a Mai Tai. I'm not all about that. Like, that's my idea of the tour. You are um, uh, an inspiration. It is such um, a cool way to see a city. It really is. Um, it's, it's I think fun. it's fantastic. I, you are a little younger than me. Um, my knees would explode. I think. <laughs> well, um, but that's just me. You well, know what I'm saying? I'm, I might be younger than you, but the Hawaii trip is for my fortieth. So, like, you know, you gotta em- try and embrace the good. <laughs> I'm trying to go into it with positivity. So. Yeah, no, no, no. I totally I feel get like it. You could probably still embrace the good from a car. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I can't say anything. I was going to say something extra snarky, but like running in Hawaii sounds awesome. Running in Hawaii would be great. Here's a place that I wouldn't run is the jungles of Africa because you would probably be running from things. That's where you want to stay in your car. Just going to say. Good to know. Okay. <laughs> probably good pro tip. That's a pro tip <laughs> for the week, everybody. <laughs> stay in the vehicle. <laughs> Even at Lion Country Safari. Have you been to Lion Country Safari? No, where's that? No, no. All right, all right. uh, actually, they have one in California, one here in Florida. But basically, they've got like a you stay in your car and you get a tour of all these African animals like hippos and rhinos and lions. And every once in a while, some idiot will roll down their window to feed one, which is not a good idea. Of course. Yeah, of course. Because it's Florida, right? So, I mean, <laughs> that's what goes on. Um if you were given instructions to not roll down the window and you roll down the window and somebody gets mauled by a lion, is that a training failure? No, that is straight IQ. That is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At some point. Found a trainer. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but. Yeah. And anyway, folks, we're here not to talk about. Um, people doing silly things or running all over the world, which I'm sure Abby will do at one point in time in her life. And I'm so we're proud not? of you. Yeah, no, we have a special <laughs> guest. And we're going to learn all about our special guest today, folks, in a little segment that we call What's Your Deal? Hey, man. What's your deal? Alex. Hello. What's your deal, man? What's my deal, man? Well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. This is cool. This is a lot of fun. It's watching you guys do your whole banter uh, and whatnot. Also, listen, to, just like a side note as a, a beginning thing, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I really pay attention and I pr- create them myself. Uh, so listening to how your production value is, it's phenomenal, just as a side thing. So just thank as a you. little little, little, little toast there for you. But uh, what's my deal? Um. First off, uh, Dan and I have known each other for a little bit, so this is the reason why we are all being acquainted. Yeah. We worked together for a while uh, at, our, at our company. I've been putting my face on camera for ever since I could remember. So uh, being in like the YouTube space and the content creation space has been like my my what's my deal, you know. Uh, so for the last couple of years, I've been working with a bunch of companies to to try to be like the face of their brand and do all their tutorials and do all their content and whatnot. Uh, and slowly but surely, it's 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 working out. Funny enough, uh, I've been waking up. Uh, I made a video like seven months ago, uh, and finally, the YouTube algorithm is like, let's just show this to people. And I've been gaining subscribers like every single day, and it's been really cool. So uh, it it like just uh, when I get famous, I'll make sure to remember you guys. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was totally in the contract. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's in the it's in the thing we signed. Yeah, you're like just in case we're bringing you on now, but we want the payment later. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's never about payment for me. It's all about impact. So if you can create impact and we're part of that, I think that that would be a great thing. So, uh, folks, we'll put the link to alex's youtube video so you can watch it what's it about if i may ask sure so the the current project i'm working on uh it's like a two-parter we're working the company itself is like a mentorship program it's like an online marketplace for social media and content creation uh like you can mentors so say you're an individual that's trying to improve your um your game in the YouTube space, TikTok space, Instagram space, and like you maybe have a thousand subscribers, but you want to know how to improve that. Uh, you can go onto our platform and connect with successful content creators and people in the space, whether it be people that are making themselves or people that are like managing these big YouTubers or TikTokers and just sit down with them for like an hour or so. And they'll give you suggestions, help you improve your content and whatnot, and like watch that progression go. Uh, so that's the main focus of the the business itself, but it, w I'm, I'm in charge of the, uh, like the co content marketing. So we want to build out a, uh, a YouTube channel, a TikTok channel to build a face for the brand so that we are working with creators as creators ourselves. And that's kind of the vibe. Super happy that you're joining us today. Um, I know we got some really groovy stuff that we want to talk about. So let's go ahead and get into that with our topic of the week. Okay, this week, folks, learning and development in the creator economy. Sounds interesting and exciting. Um, Alex, let's go ahead and start off. Like, what is this creator economy that you're talking about? And why is it so important to everybody? Sure. So uh, ever since, like, I, I like to put the start of, like, the whole idea of, like, online influencers starting with like YouTube, I feel like that was like the first big jump into like having people that you follow online and whatnot. So that's been building itself out for the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. I think YouTube started in 2006. So 15, 20 years. Um, and ever, every like, it, it's now finally getting into the point where companies are, are like investing into this and really seeing the, uh, the importance of having the, of like, uh, utilizing these people's audiences and everything like that. So it's turned from being just like content creation to the creator economy, um, where there is a lot of money to be made in it. There's also a lot of like stake and influence that you can, you could brands can jump on with and utilize, um, people. It, it's really kind of basing itself around that and, and finding, um, ways to, to, uh, like, I, I want to say inspire, but like also just like connect with different audiences, like through brand marketing and whatnot. Like the creator economy is huge. It's really cool to see that like independent creators can come up, make funny content, make content that's very individualized uh, and people buy into that. It's like that. It's the whole notion that there's so much out there that you can find anything that you're interested in and uh, you can find an audience for that. You can find like a branding for that. Uh, and and everybody can kind of have a piece of that pie. That's cool. That's awesome. So how does learning and development kind of tie into that? That's a good question. Um, I was trying to think about that as we as we, we got into this and I was preparing for this. Like there's so like I said, there was there's so much content that that is to be made on and like to be seen on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok. And there's a lot of like um 
tutorial-based content. There's a lot of learning-based content. There's like there's a guy named Veritasium that basically does your kids. Uh, he's like the the modern version of Bill Nye the Science Guy. Like he comes in and he just does everything, and it's really cool. Uh, so it's it's kind of like I'm, I'm wondering when that gap will be bridged because we have that. There's there are a few content creators that are in the L and D space. Um, I'm forgetting his name, but he he's been uh, a pretty big. Uh, he has his own YouTube channel and podcast and everything like that. And he's like a main face of giving uh, people suggestions on on the L&D space and whatnot. Uh, interrupt me if you remember his name. But um, I, I'm just I, I think I'm more interested to seeing like as the as the creator economy expands and as people start to give that that area a little more recognition and like uh, trust, uh, seeing how that'll branch into doing like more of the L&D side of things, doing more uh, uh, working with bigger companies to create more engaging content for, for their brands or, or for uh, even their in, in internal um, uh, trainings. You know what I mean? It's just interesting because there's a lot of people that are making a lot of really cool things and like bridging that gap is, is, is going to... Because everybody's making jumps. They're making jumps to mainstream or other things. And I'm wondering if there's a way that like it'll, it'll eventually move into that side of things because there's the talent there there's definitely people in that 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 are creating cool things and like uh, informational or um you know and i it's it's uh that's kind of where i I sit with that it's interesting yeah i love that you have this idea of like that whole like bridging the gap and that we're making these moves um i think it's 100 percent true um i think we're past the point where people were like it's there's certain um, things about like the YouTube, even the TikTok genre that people were like, that's not appropriate for a professional environment or that's not appropriate for L&D. And people were like, it's not only is it appropriate, but like it makes so much sense in so many ways. Um, and a lot of us in the who are already kind of in this industry, L&D uh, training, we're having to like pick up these new skills to become people who can create that content. What would you say for folks who are like, I want to start doing not just video and podcast, but the right kind of content for what's happening now and what my audience sees now. Um, what would be like those minimum skills? And if you were going to start picking those up, where would you go? Uh, pertaining to what kind of type of content, like uh, more in the YouTube space? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Okay. Um, a lot of times it's always watch. Make sure you're watching the big creators. See what they're doing. See what types of edits they're doing. It's a lot of keyframe zoom in, zoom out. The, like, as you can see with t the TikTok generation, attention spans are like instant. Like you have to catch people. Like the whole note of whenever we make a TikTok for this, this channel, it's like you have to capture people in the first three seconds. If you do not, you don't get the engagement. Um, so it's it's keeping in mind that it, you got to make things fast and movement and keep people's like uh, if you're trying to at least if you're trying to attract like a younger audience, um, it's a lot of like needing to be on top of that and and really uh, kind of forcing them to want to be engaged. Like, you know, if it's fast, you're probably not fast enough. You need to be faster. Like there's there's always that everything has to be moving. There needs to be a sound effect. There needs to be this. Um, so kind of just it's always it's always doing the research everybody says that it's like if you want to create a certain type of content go find that content itself or something related to it watch it and see and, and, and kind of take notes why is it important like why is that working what part of it is working because there's different sides of like um content create there's different like creators out there there's different vibes there's different things like if you get the video game people they're going to be real fast like they're like a bunch of nerd like uh geeks like throwing like like this that memes and stuff at you 
But if you go more of like a, a somber route of somebody that does like a tea time, you know, they're sitting around talking meditation and stuff like that, it's going to be more uh, cinematic. That's kind of the thing. Like you get a nice camera and you do a 4K video, you throw a nice LUT on it and you got a cinematic look and it's calming. And uh, it's just, again, it's, it's very individualized. You, you got to look into that. But the number one thing is to go watch. Go watch the creators that are kind of in the same space as you see what you like from it and then expand from that and put your own personality into it. Kind of timely. We're talking about this today. You know, just, I think just yesterday I was looking up like how to hang a TV on a wall mount. And the first place I, w- I went to was YouTube. Like I like completely, I was like, all right, like I can probably do a Google search and probably find a step-by-step, but Nope. I went to YouTube. I looked it up. I followed, watched the guy do it. And then realized I, didn't have a stud finder, but you know, nonetheless, like, like I still watched the whole video. And again, I, I think a hundred percent you're talking about, you know, creating for your audience just from a training perspective. Uh, you know, years ago we had a project where we needed to connect with a bunch of frontline employees. And one of my designers was like, Hey, I just want to make a like TikTok videos about this. And, uh, being, uh, an old fuddy duddy, I was super apprehensive at first. I was like, ah, like, what are we going to get done in a minute? And he's like, I'm going to say the big one. I'm going to talk about why it's important. And then we're going to wrap it up in a layer so they can answer some questions or one question and then send them on their way. Every day, it'll be less than two minutes. And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, super like no harm, no foul. Let's do it. Let's, let's make it. And, you know, he made it and like everybody loved it. And it was super funny to me, and this is leading me up to my question rather than just, you know, two minutes of rambling. Uh, one thing I found was um, a lot of people in my generation wanted him to reshoot all these videos with way more production value. They're like, oh, the sound isn't great. Oh, like, can we get him a better camera? Hey, let's get him in a studio and let's get him lit. Like, hey, these are really great. And like, you know, for those of us who have had to sit through corporate training videos, like we know what's up. We know that's like, that's the way you're supposed to do it. But like nobody connected with those. Like they connected with like just this guy with his cell, literally holding his cell phone to say like, hey, here's this thing about sales you need to know and move on. So like, is that something that that you see or that you experience with like different, like, I don't know if it's a generational clash or just, yeah. Like we see people like pushing back on just like what the target audience is, is, is wanting. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Uh, it's funny. Cause you gotta remember, like, I, I think I'm, I'm quite a bit younger than all of you. Um, so, uh, we grew up in the age of like inauthenticity, like, you know, Instagram is like, we're posting the best pictures of our times. We're editing everything that we do, everything that people see about us, other than the people that are in our like direct contact are getting a very um, like polished version of ourselves. So I think after about 10 to 15 years of that being the norm, people really are looking for more authenticity. They're, they're not looking for the big production anymore because it, it just comes across as fake. Uh, and whether it be conscious or subconscious as a thing, I think that's just the new theme now. That's the new big thing of, of just being very raw because it's, it's, it's very... I don't know. It's something that we haven't really had for a long time. Like people are raw, but it's all scripted to some extent or raw, but it's edited. Um, But now you pull out your phone, you just set it down 
little to no editing. There's no like lighting. There's no nothing like that. There's no fl- uh, flamboyancy to it. It's just a person in a camera. And it's kind of going back to the OG of like why it was, it became what it was. Um, so that, that's kind of where I hope that answers like your question to an extent. Like it's like, uh, I think that this yeah. next generation, or at least again, my, my generation is very much about authenticity. That's why podcasts are so big right now because long form content, um, before it was all edited stuff, but now you can, can sit there and you can listen to, um, just somebody have a full conversation, get a good idea of who this person is and connect to somebody instead of like getting what the editor wanted to get out of them. If that's what makes any sense. I love that. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I love this idea of authenticity. I love this idea of, you know, being raw and, and Dan, you, you and I are old enough to know uh, the days of 10 to 12 minute videos being really short and effective. Yeah. Right. And I've spent more time in a studio than I can count. Right. And um, there's a time and a place for that. But there's still some things that I think that if I'm going to be creating in a a space or or using what I see out in the creator's economy to make my learning better, it still kind of has to have there's still still some rules to follow. I'm thinking like like the rule of thirds. If you want to talk about that, that'd be great. Or please don't have a pole behind you sticking out of your head, right? Um, you've got a beautiful guitar. People can't see it. There's a beautiful guitar just perfectly placed to the side. It's not distracting, but it tells me something about Alex. Well, it's actually my girlfriend's, so I can't even claim oh, that it's mine. It? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. So at any rate, could you talk a little bit about... Could you talk a little bit about some of those things that we should keep in mind um, when creating in this space? Because I think you're right. Like my organization's all about the, and we've gone so far in the swing of saying, we don't want to call it a TikTok video because that's TikTok. And when it's not TikTok, we want to call it a quick hit video. And um, what are some of those things that I should keep in mind? Like if I'm going to go ahead and make one of these, what if, what should I think about pertaining to like what the authenticity of things? I'm I'm just talking about oh I'm gonna create something that's effective, right? And <clears throat> so there are things that get in the way of it being effective. And what are some of those pitfalls that that you may like? Oh, like make sure, like even though okay, here's a good example, right? So even though I could just pick up a phone and go ahead and record my content and we'll just put it out there, um, my background can detract from what i'm trying to say so i should be aware of that what are some things i should consider um when looking at my background that's just one thing sure that i think we talk about funny enough it really doesn't matter at this point um really yeah like oh, wow there's okay. actually there's like a there's a there was a tiktok that i saw a while ago that kind of went into that because we were talking about like how dan was saying like there's no the audio sounds messed up there's it's not like a clean area but those videos still get millions of views because it's not a it's it's not about what's it, it, like the background does like so people don't ma- like care like uh it's more about that I- immediate engagement of the story that people are jumping into um so uh, that that's what people gravitate it's it's very and I think I think that's the thing is like if you're trying to make something um that somebody engages with it's not about the aesthetic it's more about the story it's more about the connection and uh, whether it be you're trying to be funny or tell them something interesting um, or blow their mind or, or whatever. Cause that's a lot of like the TikTok. If you're trying to, if we're talking TikTok, it's a lot of, or like the short form content, 
it's a lot of what it is. It's like you, the, the, um, the format is you hit them with a big thing. Like a big question is like, um, did you know that Mr. Beast almost had his company bought for $1 billion? And like that interests, like that interests you. It's like, Oh, a billion dollars, Mr. Beast. I know those two things. Uh, and then, then you pull back and then you just give like a, a thing that gets to the end of like, why? So it's very much like a, they hit you with what you're going to learn and then you, they bring it back. But it's very fast. Uh, and again, it doesn't really matter about the production quality to that much extent anymore. I mean, it helps. It looks pretty. It makes people come back. I think it's what holds people. I think like if you have a good aesthetic and you have a good production and you have something that people can continue to come back to and get like the same amount of like professional professionalism, that is important when it comes to like backgrounds and like like a microphone or anything like that but initially it's it's a lot more of like hitting you uh in, in the emotional side of things hitting you with an in, trying to interest you um it, like connect as as opposed to just like visual um stimulation i am so glad you mentioned that i was having a discussion this week at work about why are we choosing to make this a training and not just a resource? Um, and I know training is a very boring word compared to everything we talked about today, but like in that same vein of like, why are you choosing to engage with this content when you could just go read about it? And I was trying to make the argument that it's because this is our chance to provide context. They will go self-help when they're ready to do this action let's explain to them why it matters to them. And if we don't have the why it matters to them, we shouldn't really be doing the training right now. Like uh, that's, we have to, <laughs> we have to be very thoughtful about that um, and never take advantage of our audience because we'll lose them. Um, so I, I, I think we've talked a little bit about how your generation is different. The younger generation is different. One of the things I try and be cognizant of is they're very good at self-serving. So that also means that they're very aware they have choice because they can go find whatever they need and they'll decide who they want to get it from. Um, and that doesn't just mean like in their personal lives, like they will go find out how to use the system or how to sell a cog that goes in a wheel. They don't have to learn it from their company. Um, yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube. It's there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting. Um, I remember what my point was. You you made a comment. Of, uh, I think this is kind of like a, a thing that when I started working with uh, Learn Nexus and the idea of like uh, getting more, that was my first intro into uh, learning and development in that space and working with them for I think a little over a year. Um, like that was me getting getting acquainted to that. Um, I think the number one thing, at least from my angle, that I've always been like I'm from the outside looking in. I didn't have, like I said we were talking earlier. I don't have the the buying power of anything or anything like that, but. Uh, a thing that I always believed is like, if you're going to make these trainings, if you're going to do all these things, you have, at least from my perspective of watching YouTubers and like making it so that like, uh, you know, they're building out a brand of like, you, you watch these things because you like the people. Um, I think if, if, if tr companies can create trainings where it's more personal, like a person comes on camera and goes, hey, everybody, uh, I know you don't like this, but we're going to have to do this together. And like, just like making it so that it's just like, it's like we're in this together. It's not like I'm talking at you. I'm talking with you. And it's and that I think taking that will make all of this, uh, especially when it's like larger company, corporate uh, trainings and whatnot, I think making it more personal, making it so that it's, again, engaging in the way that it's like 
you're you're kind of watching it just because you like the person. You're like, okay, this guy understands me. It gets what's going on. He's not going to BS me. He's not going to like whatever. So I've always I I don't know how you guys feel about that. And there's probably a lot of um, like rules and regulations to what you can actually create with that and like different bullet points you have to hit and everything like that. But I don't know. Maybe I think the next thing, like especially when when my my generation's coming into these these things, training. Anytime we talk about training videos, is like whatever. You always get that. Like I always get that certain image in my mind of like, hi. And the next topic is this. It's just like it's it. It needs to be a little more. Like I feel like that to to improve upon that and create engagement and create pe- give people a reason of like why why do I care why should I watch this. Everybody knows it's kind of just like you have to watch it because it's company policy to some extent. Um, but if you make it engaging, make it entertaining, or you put somebody in there that people know, like if somebody in the company, like, like everybody knows like Jim, like put Jim in the video, who cares? Like, it's just funny. Uh, and it, it makes it a little more entertaining, makes people want to watch it for that extent. So, so I don't know, you've made a comment and I thought, I thought about that. So I uh, thought I'd sprinkle that in there and see if somebody wants to use it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to tell you, it's some, you've kind of blown me away with this idea of like no production value is okay. It is. Like, I want to connect you to my director of creative <laughs> services, who I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure would have a very scintillating conversation with you. But I, I, man, I just, in my heart, like the thing that I love about that comment is like deep down inside, I know this is right. Yeah. But it's the professional in me that's always been like, here are the rules. Right. So, you know, in at least in corporate America, like here are the rules, yeah. right, that we need to go through. Um, and I feel I feel like it's just a matter of being brave enough to say rules don't matter anymore. Like this is what's important. Hook them, deliver, and get it done in like less than 30 seconds. Yeah. And that's new. Like, you know, f- a couple of years ago, like five, we gotta get it down to five minutes, and it went to three, and then it went to 90 seconds. And we're discovering, um, and maybe you could talk about this too, but with analytics, like if you don't have your videos on analytics, like you find a place where you can get those analytics because it's very interesting thing. What we've seen is like even our best videos that are 90 seconds, people are checking out at about a minute. So what does that tell me? It tells me the video is too long or I lost them. Um, that, does that make it bad? No, it doesn't make it bad. It's just a great learning experience for me. So I don't know, if, talk a little bit about that if you could. Sure. Um, watch watch time is always a, a big thing, um, and I, I experience that too. Like I, I pull up my analytics every once in a while for. Well, I mean, I, I do it for a living because we just watch everything. Uh, we watch how certain videos perform and whatnot, and it just seems to be the trend. Like not every you're gonna if you capture like five percent, five percent of people watch until the end. At least from like a smaller YouTuber's perspective, that's really good. Like uh, to be able to engage because because a lot of it's also superficial to some extent too. Um, in, in the way that if you come across a channel that has less than 10,000 subscribers, there's a notion in my brain, at least personally, and I've talked to a bunch of people that have the same feeling, you kind of write it off. You're just like, oh, okay, he's nothing. So I'm not gonna, or like, she's nothing. She's nothing yet. So there's like a part of you that doesn't engage as much because there's a feeling of illegitimacy to what they're creating, whether or not the production value is perfect, everything is great. Um, but there's like this weird notion of like you see somebody that doesn't have the following that all of the other creators you're creating or you don't see the big number associated with it. Um, so engagement falls off 
it's a weird it's a weird popularity maybe that's just like a popularity contest thing you know you see somebody that doesn't have the following yet and you just kind of write it off because you don't trust it um as much but it, so that might also play a part in it of like cuz I don't know what big YouTubers engagement looked like. There's there's a lot of YouTubers that post um uh what is it? every day and they get millions of views just off of like commentary style stuff like every single day and uh I don't know what their analytics look like but at the same time knowing that like a view counts as I think 30 seconds. You watch 30 seconds of a video, it counts as a view. Um so but every single video video has a tapered off um, it's also engagement rate uh, or not engagement uh, attention spans are just like non-existent for a lot of us so uh, I feel like that might also play a part in it so it, ha- it doesn't really have much to do with your content because like I mean if they clicked on it and they stay- stuck around for a little bit I-, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing you already caught them um, I think it's just people are so ADHD these days it's like everybody's just wants to keep being stimulated and that's why like TikTok's big because everything is just like hitting you constantly. It's like a constant hit of dopamine. And if you don't do that, uh, people will try to find it elsewhere. What do you think about share counts? You know, I got that's not an analytic that generally we've had traditionally in like corporate America sharing, like because we're responsible for sharing, like it's a push, right? But um, yeah. in this world of choice where people um, like watch what they think people like them want to watch, what do you think about mm-hmm. those? as far as when you're reviewing success. That's called virality. I mean, I feel like that's just the definition of virality. You know, if you can create something that somebody wants to send to a friend of theirs, like that, you hit, you hit something special. You hit a gold mine there. Um, uh, now, granted, I personally, I don't think I've had any content of mine do that. So I don't know how, if I could talk on that personally yet. I'll come back next episode. I'll talk about all the viral videos <laughs> I have. Um, but... Um, no, I, like, I mean, obviously, that's, that's a whole thing. It's like, it's word of mouth, you know? It, you, you take more, um, you're going you're gonna to trust more of what your friends are going to send you than what an algorithm will give you. So if, if somebody sends you a video that they say, oh, dude, watch this video, it's funny. You watch it, and then you go, oh, that is really funny, and then you send it to a friend of yours. It's just exponential. It just keeps going. Um, so uh, uh, usually it's, it's funny content that kind of expands like that. Like the, those quick um, viral moments are usually just, humorous um so if you're trying to go viral do something stupid on camera and then (laughs) share it to a friend and see if they send it to everybody else just a quick aside fabulous learning nerds doesn't promote anyone (laughs) doing anything (laughs) dangerous or harmful on camera (laughs) we don't have a lawyer on staff i figured i'd jump in (laughs) oh no (laughs) ow uh i actually had i had two i had two questions um one One's kind of a statement that I want your opinion on, but I'll get to the question first. Do you think with um, just the dislike button kind of going away, the dislike count, people are now using number of views to measure authenticity on YouTube? Like you brought up like, hey, if they've only got 10,000 subscribers, like they're less, less likely to engage. Do you think that's like a direct correlation between that dislike button going away? See, I'm really upset that the dislike button went away. I'm like, there's, so I understand the idea of like bullying, you know, you, you know, you can stop, try to stop people from bullying people. Cause like, you know, Justin Bieber's baby baby, uh, was like one of the most disliked videos on YouTube. 
for no reason. Like it's just because people wanted to be rude. Um, so there's like there's a, a malicious aspect to it, but there's also this this side of it where it's like um, if you go onto a tutorial, like uh, you know, you go to try to do how to hang a, a TV up on the wall. You know, you get on that video, you don't know that. Maybe you see now, you see there's like a hundred likes on it, but you don't see that there's three thousand dislikes because everybody that tried this video, they put a hole in their wall. You know what I mean? And that you can't engage that, you can't see that. So the next step now is looking at views, and then you also go down to the comments and see, all right, what are people saying about this? That's all. That's been the next step. Like uh, it's kind of you have to go a step further at this point to to get the to, to gauge that legitimacy instead of just like looking at it and seeing, okay, so this video did well, this video didn't do well, why? And then you can go in and de- go deeper and make your choice from there. But there's that that like that's there's that layer of just. Uh, like you got to find out, you know, you, you don't know yet, like do your own research instead of like you seeing the dislike ratio and you go, okay, maybe I should be a little, um, cautious here. So it, the dislike going away was a bit of a sad thing. Like you said, yeah. No, I, I agree, but that that's good. I've got a, the, the follow-up I've got for that is, uh, you know, we talk about attention span getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's one of those things where, um, I feel like that's a bit of a spurious claim. There's my fancy word for the day. Um, because I feel like, you know, like when I was growing up, if I wanted to watch a video or I wanted to engage in media, it either had to be on the schedule. And if I was home during the day, it was terrible daytime TV, except for Golden Girls. That's amazing. If it was... If it was on in the evening, it was a schedule of shows that either I had to like or I just had to put up with because I didn't have a choice, or I could go rent a movie on a VHS tape for way more than should be charged. So, like nowadays, if I engage with a piece of media and like a minute, two minutes in, I'm like, man, I don't like this, I can literally disengage and go find media I will like. So, I wonder if like, do you think our the falling attention span is about just the change in human perspective, or do you think it's because there's just so much more media to consume? It's that idea of like there could be something better always at all points in time. Um, so it is that like you watch in a video uh, and and you get like thirty seconds into it and they lose interest. You're like, all right, I can leave because like you, like uh, Abby was saying earlier, it's like that choice. Like you now have that choice to to go wherever you want to go. Like you can you can find the creator you can find the, the content it's also like uh when you were saying that I, I think it's also funny because right now the idea of the intention span being low we also have podcasts doing the best they've ever done and podcasts are like the longest form of content these days you know what i mean you're listening to people talk for two, two hours um on, on like average so it's funny it's funny how that sits because again i feel like that also plays into the authenticity thing like people uh you know when they want the short form content they want something to just hit them and entertain them for a little bit they want to be entertained now but when they want to engage with somebody they're willing to take that time to just sit there and listen to somebody talk and get to know somebody yeah i 100 percent agree um because people will also sit and binge entire seasons of shows in a sitting so Mm -hmm. if it's good people will watch it um, mm-hmm. and they'll also be loyal. Um, they'll follow mm-hmm. you for months, for years. And, um, but I think the quality, the get has to be there. It's also funny because there's like the whole idea of perspective too. 
uh, because you know you you say you said binging uh, Netflix, you know uh, that's eight nine hours of a season, like ten hours of a season. But if you sat there and you told somebody, hey, you have a movie to watch and it's 10 hours long, they're going to look at you and you go, you're crazy. Uh, so it's, again, like there was a YouTuber. His name was uh, David Dobrik. Um, he used to make, funny enough, four minute and 20 long seconds, 420 <laughs> um, it, videos. But I would sit there and I'd watch and I'd watch and I'd watch and I'd watch. But if, you, if he made a 30 minute video, I'd scoff at it. You know, I'd be like, I don't have time for that. But like, it's just like, it's, it's very much like the perspective of it. You know, you give them something that they're, they're willing to just like keep continuing on to, um, like willingly. It's neat. I, I want to jump in just real quick. And that idea ties so well to how you're supposed to design good and engaging learning content. Like if I look at somebody like, Hey, here's my 800 slide deck on printers, um, uh, they would still keep me hired. God bless them. And, but everybody would would hate it, and they'd call call it the book. <clears throat> Not saying that's a real example, <laughs> but it is. Um, asking but, for like, a friend. If I were Dan, to take that same, asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, definitely, <Okay>. definitely. <laughs> uh, but if I were to take that same experience and be reasonable and not insane and chop that up into like a whole bunch of smaller slide presentations that were focused in on, hey, we're going to talk about this aspect. We're going to talk about this aspect. You're right. People instantly engage better. So, I mean, like, it's like we're talking about this on like a creator content. Like we're talking about YouTube a lot, but it's the same lesson applies to like creating content. Mm -hmm. Like what's the big one? Do your supports on the big one. Move on to the next. It's also the perception of of choice. Uh, Like, because if you break up those 800 pages into like whatever Ooh. they have the choice to engage in each one you know they have that choice they, or at least that it's the perception of choice because like you know you know they oh you have a bunch of different videos to choose from i can choose whatever one that like suits me best same with youtube stuff same with all that stuff you see a video and you're like i have the choice to watch this but like there it's 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 getting you in the mix of it it's getting you into like oh i want to want more want more want more it's like a it's it's it's, it's horrible to say it's like an addictive thing like they're playing with your your mind but at the same time, it's like it's that perception of choice that allows people to want to engage a little bit further. And, um, you know, because nobody wants to be forced to do anything. If you if you choose to do something, then it's like, all right, then there's more of an, uh, a push. Stepping back to learning content for just a second, because sure. I'm thinking in my head all the stuff I'm learning. Great show, by the way, because I'm learning and I'm a learning nerd. I love to learn so stuff. It's fantastic. So. If I'm in, if I'm creating a video for a learning management system, like I can throw a trigger on it and I can make people watch it because I'm a horrible person that I want them to watch it. So they're going to have to watch the whole thing, right? <laughs> We're finding today in a lot of platforms, LXP, um, all that other good stuff, experience platforms, mobile platforms where those triggers don't exist. So the content has to be good. Right. And we talk about the measurements and analytics. So my thought process is this. The most important thing, in my humble opinion, when it comes to a learning video is that call to action. Like, what do you want me to do? Because otherwise you're just spewing stuff at me. At the end of the day, what's new, better and different is that call to action. Ninety percent of the time it's at the end. And if I got a minute and a half video and people are bowing out after 30, 45 seconds just because they never get to the CTA. They never get to that call to action. Um, Are there things that we can do? I mean, do we change our 
paradigm and throw that call to action at the beginning and then go into our content. Talk to me a little bit about that because I really feel that that's important going forward to our audience. Sure. Yeah, that's kind of the thing. It is putting everything at the beginning, putting them the the most hard-hitting things at the beginning so it gives them something to uh, be waiting for. It's like, and that's the thing, is like if you just have a whole video where at the end then you do the call to action, um, there's that that feeling of like, will they stick around to the end? But if you give them that reason or give them some sort of information that they will learn at a certain point or like a lot, a big thing is like, uh, when it, for instance, on a, a YouTuber would do like, oh, I have a big announcement. You have to stick around to the end of the video to listen to hear the big announcement. It pertains to this. And then de- like uh, dedicated v- followers and stuff will either they'll skip to the end and then that gives, you know, the, the, the viewing to the end anyways. Like the, in the analytics, it, says, it shows that like, oh, they've watched until this point um, or they will watch the entire video to find that that piece. Uh, so that again, that, at least like the the most recent way to do that is to throw everything at the beginning, like you said, like throw like a nice little uh, hit of dopamine at the beginning so that people have a reason to stick around and then you can hit them with the call to action at the end unknowingly uh, to them. I've seen something else at TikTok that I think is fascinating and because I'm a dork, uh, but also kind of (laughs) breaks the mold of how we think about um, the flow of a training should go or the flow of a video. I love when TikTokers are like, pause the video and read this or pause the video, go read this link that I posted, come back and watch the rest of the video. Um, I know plenty of people who like that would scramble their brain to be like, we can't tell them to leave and come back. Like that's that's anarchy. Like they'll never return. Mm. But like, I love this idea that like (laughs) they're capable of clicking a link and reading something and then swiveling back. Like that's reasonable. Um, I don't Mm -hmm. know. I'd love to know your thoughts on it because it seems small, but like in our world, that's a, that's like changes everything. I think I hate to burst your bubble, but I I highly doubt anybody's clicking that link. (laughs) I'd love to see, I'd love to see the click through rate on that and that link. Cause like, because uh, they're going to talk about what's on the link anyways. So like they're going to be like, ah, well, she'll just explain it anyways. So <laughs> that's <laughs> it's like, do I buy the book in college? Like I, n- I never read the book. I just went to lecture. Yeah. I got everything I needed out of lecture and that was it. Yeah. And I did OK. I, I got my degree. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's kind of the thing. So, I'd love to see the click through rate on those things. <laughs> I really would. Uh, <laughs> or the or the Feedback rate. There's no way I'm coming back. No way. So if my if my CTA is, I want them to go to this link. Like, hey, go check out this link and then come back and we'll talk about it. Like that link better be really solid. Have yeah. everything that I wanted. And that was the whole reason why we're doing it anyway, mm-hmm. is to get them there. But I'm with you. Either I'm not going to go there or I'm not coming back, um, or I'm going to be so upset that I'm going to be like. I'm out. I'm just totally out, and I'll go watch something else. Well, if you're that how dedicated, you, if you're that Abby, dedicated to go get it, how dare you? <laughs> if you're if you're that dedicated to go read the thing, I really think you'd come back because I mean, it's really easy to jump back and forth um, on a can on a on a phone. And remember, this is all on a phone app. So you know, they bring you a yeah. link, you go, uh, and then you hit the like the thing that pulls up all the applications. You just jump back like it. That that I'm not really uh, from my perspective. It's not if I was on the computer and it jumped me to a whole new page. That'd be another story. I'm like, all right, I'm not going back. Like, there's part of me that just wants to go do something else. I'm already disengaged. But being that <laughs> it's already on the phone, you know, it's like that. That's kind of where I get it. Um, yeah. But yeah. Hey, so 
I want to make sure that we give you some time to talk about best practices. And I know we've kind of gone over some of them, but I really want to give you some time to talk about like, hey, listen, if, if you're going to follow these models, um, here are some things I just think are mission critical. So you've already talked about the the hook. You've already talked about, you know, front load your content, right? What are some things that are just mission critical that we can apply to learning content um, to make them better and, um, you know, get the results that we're looking for? Sure. Now, I want to preface this with um, I by no means am anything crazy. Like I'm not I'm not like the crazy professional when it comes to this stuff. You know, we're still learning and we're still trying to figure it out. And everything that I've told you today is stuff that we're, we've come like because the problem with a lot of the social media side of things is the algorithms are not just like thrown out there for you to know. So it's a lot of learn like trial and error and learning from other creators and seeing what works for people. Um, so what I'm saying, it could just be like a portion of what it actually is, which is which is really kind of scary as well. So as also interesting because there is like there is an algorithm, there is a thing that you can do to like really engage with people and like beat the system. Um, but honestly, yeah, it, it's really entirely in, in involved. Uh, actually, repeat your question if you don't mind. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, not a problem. Like, what are the what are some best practices, mission mission critical things that creators need to be thinking about in this new creator culture? You know, we you again, you mentioned hey, um, hook them, yeah. and then maybe front load. What are some uh, what are some other things that our audience needs to be thinking about as they start to reimagine their content? Sure. Okay. So um, there's a difference between so you got to look at it of whether or not you want to make money or you want a longevity. Um, you want to make money, copy everybody, copy what other people are doing, jump into the space and just talk about what everybody else is talking about. Be a copycat uh, because that'll allow people to find you during the trend and then roll with you and you'll make a lot of money and, or like you get a lot of quick turnaround um, doing all of those things. The really like fast paced, it, like hitting you with something at the beginning, very loud, very in your face. A lot of it, like a lot of the stuff is like, remember the old Billy Mays commercials? Remember how Billy Mays used to yell at you to talk about cleaning stuff? Literally the same thing. Like they're it's so it's so in your face and obnoxious that it just like forces you to be engaged. Um, but when it comes to longevity, I think so. I had a friend of mine when you guys you guys know what Vine is, right? Remember what Vine is? Okay. Yep. Uh, okay. So um, I had a I had a buddy of mine who had a decent following on Vine. And that's also short form content. That's also was the first instance of like needing to engage really quickly um, and, and kind of testing all of those things that we've come to learn with the, the TikTok era. But when it comes to longevity, um, needing to put that put your personality into things, because, again, I, I'm a big believer and this is just my own personal thing of like why I follow people and why I've been so engaged with this uh, this type of content is because I really care about the person I'm watching. I really enjoy their personality. And he, from what I've seen, is he was doing a lot of comedy stuff, but wasn't really showing who he was. So when Vine died, his whole career went with it because like nobody followed him to another platform. Nobody was following him because of who he was. It was following, they were following him because of like the content he made. But they, there was a lot of people that are doing like stupid content, like what he was doing. Like granted, it was funny, but like, it's just like, you know, you can you're, you're just like know him as like, oh, he did that video. He's not like a person that you want to follow. Um, 
So when it comes to the like when you when you're creating this content, always keep in mind of being a little bit of an exaggerated version of yourself. I think is very important because uh, whether or not it gets you in trouble, because uh, it can, because there's a lot of controversy, a lot of people get upset about a lot of things, uh, especially on the internet. Um, but finding what you're what's true to you and like expressing that openly will be the best way to engage with people. It's the best way to like, because uh, people will see that and they'll find that. And um, it, it's an, an immediate engagement, like whether or not they, they agree with a hundred percent of it, it's just allowing them to, to read into you as a person and, and kind of make that connection off the bat. And that, that again, coupled with all of the, the, the really fast paced editing, the in, like instant hit of dopamine, instant hit of like call to action uh, or like anticipation for the end of the video uh, coupled with like why you're an individual on this platform or individual in this video or individual in this whatever we want to utilize it for um, that I think will is like the, the the bread and butter of of how to how to really expand an audience on these platforms thank you Thank you so much. <laughs> Alex, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> I, I learned a ton. I took notes. Really? Folks, I took notes. This is great. Really cool stuff. Hey, um, do us a favor. Could you talk about some groovy things you're working on and um, how our audience might connect best with you? Sure. So uh, I'm working for a company called CreatorPad. CreatorPad is the one where my, myself and my buddy, Demi, our, uh, we do like a short form podcast where we talk about social media and creator economy topics. Um, and we were busting out a lot of content for that. Two videos, a two long form videos a week and about five to seven TikToks a week. Like we're, we're busting our, busting our buns for that one. Um, so go check that out. You can see my face talk about a lot of YouTube boxing. YouTube boxing has been the number one thing we've been talking about recently. Funny enough. Yeah. YouTubers are boxing each other. Yeah. It's a big thing. That is so unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's huge. It's a huge thing right now. Like one of the, the, the like, you know, Logan Paul and Jake Paul, if you know who they are, um, don't expect you to, but um, he's like, he's fighting big people. He like, they're easy. He just fought Anderson Silva, who's like a big MMA person. Like they're, they're really bridging that gap. Yeah, it's funny. YouTube boxing wow. is huge. I know what I'm going to use for the lull in my holidays. <laughs> there you go. Everybody yeah, kind of watch bored. <laughs> <laughs> go do it. Yeah, that's a big thing. He fought Silva and he's still alive? Is, I he guess won. that's my... Never, all right, I got to go check this I out. Have, so I, this have so. So, uh, I have yeah, I have a lot of, I have a lot of personal opinions about that whole thing. Yeah. He's been... He's just paying his way into a lot of things, but, you know, well... Scott, we'll I feel like that. you just lost some Florida say, points. I, I feel like if Florida didn't already know about this, what is the world coming to? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just me. I didn't know about it. So okay. it's, it's a that's a thing. So back to how people can get a hold of you. You got your podcast. Sure. We're going to put the link up there. How else can they get a hold of you, Alex? I mean, I also, I, I like to just push my my YouTube stuff. Funny, like we've talked before, uh, uh, my, my one of my videos is doing well right now. The algorithm decided to give it a little kick, so... If you want to go subscribe to my personal channel, uh, if you can find it, it's just my name, Alex Velez. Until I get a certain following, you probably won't be able to find it. But if you can link it, that that's cool too. Like whatever you want to do. Um, but that's kind of it. If you're in Berlin, if you're ever in Berlin, anybody, and you hear my voice, uh, say hi. Say that uh, the nerd sent you. And then I can uh, 
make that connection. <laughs> it was funny. Okay, Are I just want to make a side note. <laughs> oh no, go for it. Go for it. I, I was going to ask, are you doing any German content yet or, or just English? No, uh, the girlfriend's trying to speak German to me a bunch. Uh, and that's kind of about the extent of it. We, we figured out she's over here <laughs> smirking at me right now. Um, <laughs> we try, we try. She said, uh, you know, I, I expect a kind Deutsch. So well, I'm busy in Deutsch. Yeah, I understand. I, I understand more than I can speak, but it's a, it's a process where we do Duolingo once a month. We're fine. There you go. All right, you had an aside. Give us your aside. Oh, oh, uh, no, because like you guys, uh, my one of one of the ways that like I greet people sometimes, I come in, I go, "What's up, nerds?" But then I thought about that before getting on here, and I was like, "That's too on point. I don't know if I could do that." Oh, really? I would have loved it. I could, totally could have done that. that <laughs> no, totally awesome. I'm so sorry. What's yeah. up, nerds? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I think that's great. We <laughs> should totally do that. Okay, awesome. Well, we appreciate you, Alex. Thanks for coming out. Folks, go check out his his uh, his podcast, his YouTube channel. Um, if you want to connect with him on LinkedIn or go to his website, we'll put that there as well. Lovely. Thanks, Daniel-san. Guys. Yes, Scott. Could you do us a favor and let our audience know how they could connect with us? Absolutely. All right, party people. If you haven't already, email us at nerds at thelearningnerds.com. Email us any questions you might have. Join in on discussion. Let us know if you're doing fair to Midland. See, I told you I would come back to it. Uh, here it, for those of you who are at Facebook, find us at Learning Nerds. For our Instagram peeps, Fab Learning Nerds. And lastly, for more information about us, what we do, and any updates, www.thelearningnerds.com. Scott. Thanks, Dan. Okay, nerds, listen, um, do me a favor. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Share this uh, podcast out with your friends. Really appreciate it. If you like what we're talking about or you want to challenge us to um, some YouTube boxing, please go ahead and email us or leave us a review that really, 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 really help us out. Until next time, my name is Scott. I'm Dan. I'm Abby. And I'm Alec. And we're your fabulous learning nerds, and we are out. Thanks for listening to the Fabulous Learning Nerds. You know, there are a lot of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment of offerings. If you're, if you're thinking of giving it a try, if you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com BE.